setting boundaries is something you have to con continually consciously do and that we continually have to tell each other it's okay to do. Um, and when it comes to people in places of authority, I think it's about knowing how to manage um, the way you approach the situation to say, hey, this is not gonna work for me. Hi everyone, thanks for checking into the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, a space designed to inspire and highlight the stories of women of color in graduate school who are prioritizing their overall health and wellness while pursuing higher education. My name is Angela and I'm your host. Let's get started. Thank you for being here on another episode of the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast. Um, how are you doing today, Dr. Ajimobi? I am doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Um, I'm doing great. And yourself? I'm actually having a really good day. So I'm happy to, you know, have this podcast to carry mm. uh, on top. Um, wonderful. So we got a lot That's of good. good stuff to talk about today. <laughs> yes, we do. Interesting yes. topic. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Um, so just to like, so that everybody's on the same page, I was wondering if mm. we could start off um, by having you introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about, about who you are, what discipline you studied, and when you graduated. Okay. Um, so when, you know, when you want to talk about yourself, you're not sure if to go all like education, roles and stuff, but I'll start with the basics about where I'm from. So I am from Nigeria, but I'm currently based in South Africa. Um, I've been here for almost eight years now. Um, I'm currently a lecturer and um, before getting into academia full-time, I worked in different IT roles as support staff and then systems analyst and system support. Um, so I've pretty much gone from like fixing computers to coding, to customer support, project management, development. Um, and now I'm in, you know, full-time, <laughs> I'm a full-time academic. Um, and honestly, I love that. Um, I, I don't regret that at all. Um, for my education, I got my BSc in computer science from Nigeria, um, and then my master's of commerce from, um, in information systems from the University of Cape Town, and my doctorate in information systems as well from the same university. And I graduated um, June 2018 with my doctorate, so three years now. I can't believe it's three years already. <laughs> um, and beyond, you know, the academic pursuits and the career stuff, um, I like to think of myself as a creative. I really love, um, you know, taking photos. I love videos. I love doing music. I just love anything that gets me <laughs> to create pretty much. And I love helping people. I love helping people realize their potential and just, you know, doing my part in making the world a better place and in terms of family and married to a wonderful man okay. <laughs> and I have <laughs> you know and to I have two siblings my my siblings and my parents are back home in Nigeria yeah that's, I think that's me in a nutshell Awesome. Thank you. I think you're the first like lecturer I could like professor level person to have on this show. So this is exciting. Oh, nice. <laughs> this, this is good. This is really going to be good. I'm, I'm going to 
like love hearing from your perspective um okay uh, that's so, cool <laughs> um, so also oh and you also run your post-grad buddies right yes I do I do run your post-grad <laughs> buddies I forgot about that <laughs> yes I do run your post-grad buddies um as a research coach and mentor and that's something I'm actually super passionate about and I absolutely love um, I think because it doesn't feel like work to me, I forget to actually add it as, you know, like something I'm doing in terms of work. Um, apart from building the community, of course, it's a business side of it where I um, coach people, offer different services to help them through with their research projects and research process. So yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> awesome, so staying busy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so since this is the Grad Girl Wellness Podcast, mm. I always start off by asking about your experience with wellness and self-care as a student, and I would also be interested in hearing about how that works, um, given your position now. Okay, so um, when it comes to wellness, it's been a journey. <laughs> I think initially when I started out as a postgrad, um, I don't know if it's because of the Nigerian-ness or you know, just how wellness and mental health issues were never really talked about. And it, in fact, at some point, it, it was probably not okay to be sad. Either you're told to like pray about it and you know, just you know, be happy and all of that. And so now when I um, came to South Africa for my master's, that was, I think, when I started getting impacted vividly and um, more intensely in terms of my mental health and just even my emotional wellness as well. Um, during my master's was when I first experienced having intense heart palpitations, like the type that will wake you up from sleep. And it was like, what is happening to me? <laughs> you know, and then going from there, um, I also had a moment at, at way I had like a breakdown and you know, I was just crying uncontrollably and I used to kind of pride myself in being a strong girl nothing phases me I'm all good um, and then now I'm crying about everything like seriously like everything and it did not make sense and no it wasn't hormonal either I was the first time a friend recommended to me um, to go see a therapist and I was like uh, <laughs> what do you mean you don't do that but eventually I was like okay I need explanations and I'm someone who needs explanations I'm always asking why questions I need to understand what's happening um and so I did you know I follow her when I'm like let's see what this is about and then first session this person was like breaking things down for me and I'm like Woo, okay all right um and I think after that was when I, I understood it was okay to go talk to someone. Um, it was okay to actually not be okay. Um, and that it didn't mean I wasn't strong. It didn't mean that I wasn't even well. It just meant that I'd been ignoring a lot of stuff and I hadn't been as intentional as I had to be um, about taking care of myself mentally and emotionally. Um, and then I think things got pretty intense when I was doing my PhD, actually. Again, I mean, I knew about my experience during my master's, but a lot caught up with me during my PhD. And, and it's not that the PhD, like, by itself is the enemy, if to put it that way. 
but the nature of the PhD with all of the demands from you, um, with you know funding issues, supervisor issues, just your ego and all the self doubt and all these emotions come up. And if like me, you have stuff that you haven't dealt with personally, everything kind of merges together and it just explodes. And then now you know, come my second year of PhD. Um, I got like clinically depressed. I didn't even know that was what was happening at the time. Again, I was having the spells of just not wanting to get out of bed, not wanting to go to sea, not wanting to do anything, um, crying again endlessly. And, you know, I, I think then I also felt I had to deal with it by myself. Um, and it sucks that no one, you know, knew anything was happening to me. And I couldn't really talk to anyone. Again, because it wasn't something that I was used to. Um, I was used to figuring it out on my own and you just got it strong, you know, pray about it and prayer did help, but it definitely would have helped more if I, you know, at that time as well, saw a therapist or counselor. But after the episode or after that season of my life, like six months, I couldn't do anything. Um, and then I thought, you know, I don't want to face this again. I don't even know how I got out of it, but I knew I did, I did not want to go back. So I went and saw her counselor. She was the one that said, oh my God, do you know you were clinically depressed? And like, it was actually a big deal. That's a good thing you've kind of come out of it. But, you know, you could have gotten more help um, during that situation. That was when it dawned on me. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm the constant in any equation, whether it's with my PhD, whether it's with life, parents, relationships, siblings, anyone, anything. I'm the constant, and if I don't take care of myself, the worst thing is going to happen. People are actually going to move on, um, and I'll be gone. And so I, it then hit me that I needed to definitely make changes um, regarding how I approach mental health, how I approach my emotional health, and just be more intentional and deliberate about making sure that everything around me and in my life was helping me to not um, kind of go down that slippery slope again um, and actually be better and be able to show up um, for all that I needed to, to do and all the many roles that I needed to fulfill. Um, yeah, so it's since then it's been, and it's not in a selfish way, but it's been take care of you first. Um, it's almost like, you know, that, that I think the general example I've heard people use is when you're in the airplane, you say you got to fix your own mask before, you know, attending to other people. So it's been that for me, um, where I know if I'm not okay, then I can't, <laughs> there's no point. Um, and it doesn't help it, the people around me as well. So yeah, that has been kind of <laughs> my experience with wellness till date. Mm -hmm. No, I appreciate you sharing that journey because I, I always think like graduate school and getting advanced degrees is such a long process, but then at the mm. same time, you can learn all these things about yourself, right? And go yeah. through these, yes. these cycles. And when you said that um, sometimes things catch up with you, like <laughs> stuff comes up like yeah. right grant season, that's exactly <laughs> what happened to me, right? And But mm. I had the time and like the resources. Mm um to mm. address those things so yeah yeah and I think it was the same for me um I think like someone actually asked me this question it was a friend of mine she asked me um if do you think if you had not done the PhD you would have realized these issues and 
this stuff that clearly needed you know, healing. Um, and I thought about it and I'm like, probably not, or probably not as quickly and as intensely mm-hmm. as I have with the PhD. Um, because I mean, you know the drill, you wake up, you're like, oh my God, you gotta figure out everything out on your, by, your, by yourself. Even if you have a supervisor, you can do the work for you. At least not the email work of dealing with your emotions, dealing with all those feelings that come up. And so, yeah, the PhD definitely helps. I think some ways, I guess I'm grateful that I did a PhD because it helped me face, you know, the parts of me that needed healing. Um, and it definitely made me realize how serious and important um, being, being um, intentional about your wellness is um, in every aspect, actually, because the reality is everything kind of together you all emotional with mental with physical with spiritual they all matter and so it's not a case of just oh ignore everything else and just the mental stuff you have to do everything um, in a holistic manner because they all kind of matter to to who you are as a person so yeah mm-hmm. yeah no i i totally agree with you I think at the same time though it's also like there are some very real things about being in the PhD program that like Mm. trigger you and like intensify (laughs) um, these feelings that that um we are already experiencing maybe even like um you know speed up the process um and I think in one regard and something I want to talk about since you're here is like having Mm. to our our, the relationships that we have while we're in graduate school right um particularly Mm. with figures and of authority like our professor Mm -hmm. right because that (laughs) like really weird position right where we're students and yet sometimes they want us to think think of ourselves as colleagues but Mm. right Mm. um and so um, I want to, you know, we're here because, you know, a lot of folks had things to talk about or a lot of things to say about building boundaries with professors yeah. and way of trying to, to manage their self-care. And in particular, you know, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, I wrote this post yeah. that said, let's normalize saying no to professors. And mm-hmm. a lot of people had, had comments. <laughs> um, so I wonder if we could just start there like what was your relationship like um (laughs) (laughs) with um saying no and establishing boundaries Mm -hmm. with professors that's a tough one there (laughs) (laughs) I'm having flashbacks okay so um in the beginning okay again I'm going to take it back to my background in the sense that I'm from a place where um, you're, you are expected to have this kind of like almost a little bit of idealization of authorities. Um, it's almost like what they say is final. You got to respect them. You got to take it. They know better. All of those different stuff. And so now coming into um Coming in as a postgrad student, um, I did have someone who was old enough to be like a father to me. Um, and, you know, they were also from the African space. And whether intentionally or unintentionally, they probably saw their students as, you know, I kind of have that authority over you. And so 
what I say goes, what I say matters. I, I mean, whether they know it or not, that that's what they were doing, they kind of have that, I have the power. Um, and so now coming into that space, I, I, I mean, and with my background, I didn't think I had the opportunity or right to say no. Um, it never even really crossed my mind. I think when I realized, you know what, I mean, I can be stubborn and I can, I can, I can be very rebellious. But when I did realize, you know what, I, I, I can't say no was when I was doing my PhD. Why? Because I, I maybe because I felt like the PhD was my own doing. No one, I didn't have to do a PhD, um, but I chose it. And it was, and I mean, after the, 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 the season where I was not okay and it really woke me up. I realized, you know what? Um, it's either me or them <laughs> and I choose me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to this point where it was like, what's the worst case scenario? And when I painted the picture, I realized the worst case scenario is I could even lose my life in this process. Um, and no, this is not worth that. And it's tough. It's really tough to, to, to come to that point um, because a lot of people don't have the, uh, the options to say, you know what, I'm, I can't not do this. A lot of us have funding issues. We want to have a better life after this. And so this is supposed to be something that propels us into our future. Um, and so saying no to the person who has the authority to kind of determine whether you move forward or not and you know how academia can be this very um we're not throwing anyone under the bus kind of way so where are you really going to go report to the most you're going to get is okay you get reassigned but um no one's going to talk evil of the other one and no one is really going to chase dice the the, the 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 other person so Hopefully you don't get the same thing, but this, this was the reality for me. But then I had to come to the point where I had to sit down with my supervisor and I said, you know what, I almost lost my mind and I am not prepared to lose my mind because of this process. So it's either you work with me or I quit or I change course and go for someone else. Um, but this is it. I had to also bring in some, you know, the doctor said this, which is kind of part of the issue. You kind of have to find like a, an acceptable reason for why you can't do something or why you can't work on Sundays or why you don't want to be receiving calls or not calls, emails at midnight in short deadlines and unrealistic timelines. Um, but I had to do what I had to do. But I think it was very clear that, you know what? This is it, or I just step out. And I know it's not easy for everyone, but I maybe my personality helped me to be that in quote bold. But the, the reality, it's not easy for everyone to be that bold to say, you know what, I don't care or whatever, you know what, I'm gonna throw everything in the air and I'm just gonna walk away. It's not easy for that. And and so um, setting boundaries is something you have to con- continually consciously do. And that we continually have to tell each other it's okay to do. Um, and when it comes to people in places of authority, I think it's about knowing how to manage um, the way you approach the situation to say, hey, this is not going to work for me. 
you know, you don't, I, I think, you know, in the new age, we all, we all want to just know this is my rights, this is it, and you must, this is it. But sometimes, you, you know, you must play the game as well. I, I say it's a game, you know, you also need to learn how to play the game. And there's this saying back home that if you want to catch a monkey, you know, you have to know how to fit it with a banana. So it's like, it's like, Okay, so I know that you're going to be about your stuff. You have the power, you have everything. So how do I work around that? It's almost like stroking the ego, but also getting what I want. And it sounds very <laughs> manipulative, I know. But again, this is the reality we have. And so if you're not in a position to say no and just walk away and you know ignore everything and it doesn't matter, then you, my advice is learning how to work <laughs> the system and the person in a way where you can still say no respectfully um, and then manage your wellness such that whatever is happening is not um, um, impacting you negatively um, to a point where it gets super detrimental and there's no like there's no help um, and then obviously the other option is to you know kind of weigh your options um and like i said i had to sit down and ask myself what's the worst thing that's going to happen here um and i think even since then it's been the same thing it's like what's the worst thing that's going to happen if i feel like okay i can really deal with it then i push some more if not then i have to have a sit down with whoever and whatever it is and say this is what i can give and this is what i require from you if it's going to work, let me know. If it's not going to work, then let's see how we can make a plan. Um, but I do want to say that it often feels like we don't have the power, or we do. The only thing is it's going to, you have to realize the cost. But again, it goes back to what are you willing to sacrifice in the process? Um, do you want to sacrifice yourself for something that should be temporary and something that's mostly thankless or do you actually want to do what um, is in your power to do and um, get to the point where you say okay I know this is how you work I know this is what you do I know this is how it is but can you work with me you know like <laughs> can you work with me can we meet halfway if you cannot understand but this is where I'm at and this is what I need how can you help me it's like you know you, you, you're kind of telling a person in power that I know you got the power, it's okay, I respect that, but okay, use that power to help me. I'm not here to fight you. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm not here to say you're evil, um, but I'm here to say I matter to me and the best way for this to work out for me is so, 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 and so, and you pretty much lay that down. Um, and that's how I've approached everything else I'm saying. Mm -hmm. That was so good <laughs> like, I'm, I'm over here taking notes but I think like, <laughs> the, the one like the initial thing to me like you said a lot like I'm thinking about mm. there are like, some cultural considerations that we need yeah. to take into account yeah. some, like personality considerations mm -hmm. that come into play mm -hmm. um but I'm kind of rethinking my quote where it was like say no to professors and it doesn't necessarily have to be a no it could it could be mm. this is what this is where I'm at this is where you are, mm. how can we compromise, right? And that's not something that- There I we go. Right? There we go. And so I think that, you know, sometimes we think we don't have options. Mm. 
but we do, right? It's just a matter of mm. being willing to sit down and have the conversation, right? Mm. Yeah. So that that's really, really helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I also, I like what you did there where you kind of like came with your, you came prepared when you talked to the professor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have to come prepared. <laughs> I mean, I've been working with this person for years. Um, I know how they function and I don't hold it against them because again, I mean, it's, it's like this cycle, right? Um, probably if there's a story there as well of what, what, what um, this person has experienced and, you know, it happens and it, it's a cycle. And at some point, you need to realize that it's not about fighting. It's not aggression for aggression. Um, it's not, oh, okay, I want to fight. We don't have to fight <laughs> all the time. Sometimes it's just, I want to just, you know, protect myself and preserve myself. It's, it's not about the other person um, so much as it's about you. And yeah, so <laughs> I learned about this person for years. And like I told you, it wasn't like I woke up early and said, I'm going to say, you know, things that we have needed and then it could not work for me any longer. Um, that's when I got the courage and the need to say, okay, um, <laughs> this is how it's going to work now. Um, yeah. I know what you want and this is what I need. So let's work together. Mm -hmm. um, it definitely did help. I, I should say um, that it did not, it wasn't like a perfect conversation um, and it wasn't an easy, oh yeah, whatever you want. Um, and so someone might be like, oh, maybe it just worked out, you know, straightforward. I said, this is what I want and boom, it happened. No. Um, probably come conversations after I'd hear the, you know, occasional, hmm, and well, you said you wanted this, and it's like, breathe. It's not about them. They're fine to do whatever and say whatever. I just have to remember that this is about me, and this is what's working for me, and they don't have to understand, but they have to accept it, um, and they have to expect, they have to respect it. They don't have to like it. They don't have to cheer me on. I don't need them to see my view. I don't need them to ag agree with it as long as that respect and acceptance is there so that we can move forward. And then that's it. And it's not like this person is like, you know, <laughs> evil or whatever. Like I said, it's just how they know to work and what they know to do. And they probably mean well. Actually, they do mean well, but it's not working and so it's just about coming up with the alternative and um, what's going to, you know, make sure everyone still gets their respect and everyone, you know, feels like they do have their own part in saying what's happening. So just logistically, like at the end of this hmm. conversation or meeting that you all had, had you come to a <laughs> yeah. resolution? Like, or was it like, yeah. I'll tell you later kind of thing? <laughs> Um, I think it was very clear. Okay, I did I did have like tears in my eyes and it wasn't like I was trying to manipulate with that. But I think it was very clear that and 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 remember I I had gone like three, four months being off-grid, you know. I literally was not there ignoring emails. Um I'd, I'd gone to, I'd, I'd literally got into the uh, what's it called now? The the bottom point or what's the there's a word for it like rough <laughs> but yeah rough bottom that's the, that's the one um I've got in there and so I think when I eventually came forward it was like oh 
nice of you to show your face. And I have to say, see, I'm about to get super vulnerable and I'm about to really share. And I know that it may not make sense to you. And I know that it's not probably how you work and all that, but you need to understand I need this. Um, and so I think coming from that point also made it clear that, okay, this is not a situation to kind of force um, your own opinion or your own way. Um, it wasn't also about whether you accepted or not. It was just, like I said, it was almost like making a case and persuading to say, um, this is how it's going to work for me. So what do you think if you want it? Because, and, and, and I think that's when I actually realized, you know what? Sometimes you have to demand nicely and respectfully what you want. Um, and sometimes maybe not nicely and respectfully, you must just like, you know, throw everything up in the air. Um, but sometimes it's, it really, it comes back to if you've not um, told someone about your pain, it's going to kill you. Like, you know, that quote, right? <laughs> I, I, I think that became like my mantra. It's yeah. going to kill you and they're going to say you liked it. So the reality is I'd never said to this person, I don't like it and I can't deal with it. Mm -hmm. I'd never said it. So for them to then automatically adjust to what I had not um, requested, what I had not made known was kind of, (laughs) yeah, wishful thinking. So I think when I also made that move, I realized, okay, I did have the power and the ability to say what I wanted. Um, and getting that um, um, feedback where it wasn't necessarily a, yay, well done, I'm happy. Um, but uh, okay, if this is what you want to do, we're going to play it your way. Of course, there was resistance at first, but I was producing, right? So it wasn't like I wanted to just chill. I was doing my part. I was doing my work. It's just the way in which the relationship and the request for productivity and output for me needed to change. That was it. So I wasn't saying, give me, cut me some slack. I just want to chill and not do this thing. I was saying, for me to do it well, this is how it's going to go. So yeah, I think that also played a part um, in just eventually letting things um, sink (laughs) and making it accepted in the long run. No, I think that's great. I what I hear is or what I'm receiving is that like you can practice like life skills mm. academia, right? Like setting down <laughs> something that Absolutely. we can do with professors, right? Absolutely. This is like Absolutely. A practice. Absolutely. I'd still apply the same thing even in my relationship. <laughs> Personal relationship, not just work relationship, any ship really where you know. If you've not communicated your needs, if you've not communicated your boundaries, if you've not communicated what you can or can't give, you can't expect the other person to know. Um, and if, if they don't know, then they can't help you. Right. And the situation is not going to work for you. So, yeah, it's, I think it's about realizing you also just, it's at the end of the day, it's in your hand. And like I said, you're the constant and everything else is a variable actually my supervisor told me that when I started out (laughs) and um it was like you know what because I was dealing with a lot it was like you cannot have too many variables um you have to have some constants but then I I I found out later that you know what the major constant is me everything else is actually a variable 
mm-hmm. anything can change. I don't have to continue with a PhD. I don't have to continue in the same supervisor. I don't have to continue in the same department, the same university, anything. And again, I know it's easier said than done. Um, but the truth is, ask, you know, just sit and ask yourself what's the worst case scenario. It really does work. <laughs> and you realize a lot of things that you think, oh, it's going to be the end of you. It's actually not going to be the end of you or the end of the road for you. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes we can go to like worst case scenarios first. Because <laughs> 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 they're like, okay, that's fine. Like they have other things to do anyway. <laughs> yep. Yep. True. True. You know, you're not the only student. So <laughs> you're not the only responsibility. You'd be very surprised how quickly they're happy to let you go <laughs> so they can focus on other stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, like you said, it's kind of like if you like you were producing prior to that, right? Like you were doing mm. it. So I think that mm. also gives you a certain level of like credibility when you come yes. into that space to begin with. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. In your favor. Yes. Absolutely. 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 And even with my with my coaching clients and postgrads I've worked with, I always say, you see, the issue is not whether you go to your supervisor advisor to say no I don't want this is not working or this is not me or whatever the issue is you go without your argument I mean you're in the academic space everything is about why how so if I'm gonna go and say I don't agree with changing my research topic I can't just say I don't agree you know because obviously they're going to counter that with uh but I think I know but I think it should you you have to go with why you think you shouldn't change and what that means for you. Same way we answer reviewers when we publish. Um, sometimes some reviewers will ask you for ridiculous stuff and you're like, nope. <laughs> um, reviewer two, no. Um, I see why you say that, but no. <laughs> um, it's the same thing. Um, and you, you know, argue your points for why you should not change or why you should not move or all of that. It's the same thing. So it's not just going to say no. You know, Come up with the facts. Come up with your why and make a convincing case for it. And someone might think, why must I argue? Why must I make a case? Shouldn't it just be about me? And not really, because when you did sign up for this, um, they kind of signed up for it to guide you through. A lot is resting on the line for them as well. Um, and so they, they do have some vested interest. And so it can't just always be about you. Um, and so that's why it's important that you also go with your own facts um, to be able to make your case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think by not making it so much about you and your feelings and your experience, mm. some of the pressure off, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And you don't feel bad about setting the boundaries or saying the no or making your case because you know, it's not about just wanting a free space to do whatever. No, um, that's not it. At least that wasn't it for me. Um, and so when I took, you know, approached it with logic and said, okay, this, I know you're not going <laughs> to um, understand the emotional part or all this stuff I'm going to tell you about mental health and emotional health and wellness. And I'm not going to come from that perspective I'm going to come from if you want me to produce papers if you want me to finish if you want to continue as my supervisor I want to continue as your student um this is how it's going to go and then yeah the rest flowed from there 
Well, I think this is great because I feel like it's giving people options, right? Like how to operationalize. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, like a game of chess. <laughs> all the There's all these, these different factors and uh, certain people can move certain ways. And so, uh, are mm. people, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And also what you said, you, you kind of said like, if you want to continue as my advisor, if you want to do this. And someone in, in the comments was like, firing your advisor is always an option too, right? <laughs> yes, you know, yes, you can change. I actually know someone, you know, during the master's, during their PhD, they changed supervisors. They were like, it's not working for me. Mm-hmm. It's not working for me. And I don't know if it's because they're male or because I don't know, or because, you know, they've, they've, they're boss in the industry. They've done so much for themselves. So coming to academia is not because they really need it. It's because of passion. So <laughs> maybe that's why, you know, that person was able to just go in and say, no, this is not working for me. Um, I need a new supervisor. And they change. I actually know people who did that. Um, and, you know, you, at the end of the day, everyone is fine. Everyone is all right. Yes, some people will be sore and be like, oh, it's, you know, but it, it's not personal. It's business, you know. <laughs> so let's let's not make it personal. In in industry, as a business person, you change your clients, you change your vendors, you change your employees, and all of that, you know. So sometimes I think we have to approach the the academia space as the professional space that it can be. And I know there's spaces where it's not that easy, but we've seen recently in the news people who are standing up and saying no that yes this is the probably the easier better more acceptable option but no I'm gonna go this way because that's what's better that's what you know feeds my values better and yes there's some noise about it but it calms down and everybody moves on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's the same thing yeah that's true like because you are the constant right I love this idea you are the constant. You are the sun in your in your planet. Everything else is orbiting around you. Mm-hmm. And so you got to take care of yourself. You have to take care of yourself. You have to. You have to. No one else is going to do it for you. Even your loved ones, they, they, they can't always, you know, come and fight. I mean, your mom is not going to come and fight your supervisor for you. <laughs> you know, or <laughs> your partner is not. So at some point, it, it, it rests in you to do what you got to do um, to, to make it. So that's what I had to do. <laughs> I, I appreciate you sharing this story with us because I feel like I haven't heard of enough examples of people like setting boundaries or like maybe feeling uncertain about doing it. And then, you know, like this is not something that people talk about. I think it seems oh, yeah. people internalize it a lot, right? I imagine yeah. um, they feel like they're the only ones who are struggling with this issue. And I, I, I imagine it's probably way more common than, than we think it is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know friends, I have colleagues who have had to deal with one issue or the other, um, deal with saying no or not saying no or feeling like, okay, this is not working for me, all of that. Um, and and it's, it's quite unfortunate. Um, it's quite unfortunate that academia um, has this, you know, um, bad rep and, and um, there's so much um, toxicity that, that occurs within the space. Um, and you know, someone like me, and there's a lot of people like me who are trying to do better, 
and be better. Um, to and that's why I actually created your postgrad bodies to be my own space where I say, you know what, the research academic process doesn't always have to suck. It doesn't have to be um, scary. It doesn't have to be toxic. It doesn't have. It shouldn't be. Not even doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be. Um, continually difficult and complicated. Um, if if and I mean, like you said, we're especially at PhD level. We're working towards being future colleagues, right? And so I should be respected and approached like a future colleague, not as someone's child or someone's, um, uh, I don't even know. <laughs> In fact, just, you know, let's just respect everyone regardless of their level or whatever. Um, but yeah, especially if you say I'm going to be a future colleague, then you should treat me like. Um, and it should be more collaborative and more like I know you don't and I must say no. And I promise you, there are supervisors that um, allow you to say no. In fact, they give you the option. Is this fine with you? Is it working for you? And you get to say yes or no. And there's the other side and there's those in the middle that don't really care. <laughs> it's up to you <laughs> how you drive the ship. Um, but yeah, there's different types. But if you do find yourself with a supervisor that's um, set in their ways and you feel, oh, can I have a signal, whatever, know that you do have the power to, to say no and to change the story for you. Yeah. I love that. That was great. Okay. <laughs> if you allow me, Angela, I'm gonna talk and talk and talk. <laughs> I love to talk. No, this is, well, this is the place to do it. Um, yeah. This was, this was really good because I mean, I think we kind of like got real about things to consider mm. how mental health can play its role and how we say no, um, cultural, you know, influences, being a woman, being yeah. a person color all of that um can play into how we make our decisions so you know Mm -hmm. I know everyone who listens to this will have a different situation but hopefully there's something that they can pull um from this to help them make their decisions Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. okay so on that note (laughs) as we move forward in writing our stories the way we want it to Mm. be um you know marks might say something different but we're going to move into the light (laughs) sure Um, professor in my head um but okay so in the lightning round you just say the first thing that comes to your head okay so the first question is what are three words to describe wellness in graduate school hmm okay um I think the first word will definitely be protection um that is protecting your mind your body your everything um in and whatever that means to you whether it's you know minding what you see what you say what someone does to you how you eat whatever that is just protecting your being right um and then the second word will definitely be um I don't want to sound cliche, but boundaries, <laughs> oh, you know, like, set, you know, like setting boundaries, um, not even just for those that are coming to you, but for yourself, right? Um, knowing yourself well enough to be able to know what you can give, what you can give, what is good for you, what is not good for you. Um, and so 
boundaries is not just oh i want to keep people out or stop people out there whatever boundaries is also how you treat yourself like <laughs> you know it, it also comes back to you at the end of the day and um third what for wellness would be it's like between support and community but it's it's just making sure that you surround yourself with people that get you um people you can talk to people you can run to people you can to people who can give you a hug when you've just had that difficult meeting with your supervisor. Um, I think that definitely goes a long way and we don't talk about it at all. I've not, at least in my context, um, the need for that support in that community to kind of help you through the entire process definitely tells in your wellness um, one way or the other. So yeah, those are the three words for support we'll hyphenate it yeah yes to support there we go oh okay so the second question is what are two invaluable resources that have helped you in your academic wellness journey therapist (laughs) talk about community support therapists and and counselors um you know i mean in my in my university we had like um not entirely free, but free to an extent, um, therapy uh, uh, sessions and uh, or access to therapy and access to counseling. So I definitely use that a lot. That definitely helped me a lot. Um, and then I think um, in terms of resources, um, honestly, I think it's just the people as well. I, I mean, I didn't read any book or really listen to anything. I think it's the people, and of course, um, I'm 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 a Christian, and I really believe in God, and my faith means a lot to me. Um, and yeah, so apart from God and praying, definitely it's the people and and therapists <laughs> and counselors. That's it for me. Beautiful. That's it for me. Beautiful. Um, and then the last question is, what did you you gave us a lot of resources, a lot. Of- <laughs> I'm going to ask you for one more. Um, Okay. (laughs) So what is one piece of advice that you would give to listeners? And we're going to orient this specifically towards someone who might be struggling with making a decision on how to set boundaries with a professor. So what advice would you give to someone who's struggling with that situation? Um, Definitely, first of all, know that um, it can feel very isolating and you can feel very helpless. Um, but you're not alone and it may not seem like it or feel like it, but you're not alone. Um, this podcast like this and people like Angela willing to discuss issues like this, meaning that other people can relate. Um, and even though you feel helpless and you feel like, you know, scared because let's face it, funding might be on the line. Um, going back home, if you're an international student could be on the line. Um, there's a lot that could be on the line but um, like I said earlier remember that you are the constant and you have to look out for yourself and no matter how tough the decision to you know have that meeting and make that request and you know create that boundary might be remember that if you don't do it for yourself no one else will Um, and if you don't do it for yourself it might become detrimental. It might become 
something that no, you know, no one, no one, including yourself, will be able to save you from. Um, so you have to really weigh the options and talk to someone, talk to people, make alternative plans, you know, <laughs> do that pro, pros, con list, but more like a worst case scenario list and what can I do and what does this really mean for me going forward and what alternatives can I have? Um, should things not go the way I want or should things become more intense? And um talk to people around you yeah talk to people around you um, you know and yeah pray <laughs> pray Amen. pray and you know so you can have peace so you can approach it with wisdom so you can um approach it with strength because you definitely need those three things to be able to make the right decision and definitely um take the right action yeah I, I appreciate it hearing that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm glad you do. Awesome. You so, so doctor, if people want to be in touch with you, they want to um, work with you, how can they find you? Yes. Um, well, you can find me via your postgrad buddies, um, either your postgrad buddies on Instagram or email your postgrad buddies at gmail.com. Um, I think those would be the quickest ways to get to me. Um, yeah, and I'd be more than happy to, to hear from anyone that wants to talk further or work with me, whether you need research coaching, whether you just need to say, hey, I heard that and I can relate. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely game for that. So yeah, your postgrad, your postgrad buddies or your postgrad buddies that you know. Um, those would be the channels to reach me for now. Beautiful. Well, I want to say thank you. This was really informative and helpful. Uh, thank you for answering the call based on that. Instinct. Thank you for making the call. Thank you for making the call. I guess I was so quick to respond as well because I'm like, oh, I know this. I know this. And yeah, it's, it's great to be able to speak on it. And I do hope that something... Um, about what I've shared could help or just, you know, let someone else know that you're not alone um, in this <laughs> intense topic, in this intense situation, because um, it's not always easy and it's a very controversial one. And I mean, probably some academics would hear me and say, hey, on the other side, <laughs> now you should, you know, but no, we are all in this together. And like mm -hmm. I said, at some point you, postgrad now a future client a future student would be my colleague one day I'd like to know I did not scar them <laughs> before they got to that person yeah 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 me too okay well on that note uh we're gonna wrap mm. up the episode thank you again for being Yay. and thank you so much Angela no um, yeah all the best <laughs> that's all I have for you on this episode I hope that you heard something that inspires you along your wellness journey. And if so, share it with a friend. Until next time, take care.